Super Senpai Podcast. Welcome to the Super Senpai Podcast. This is a weekly, episodic tokusatsu-related podcast where we're talking about big wrecks in spandex. I'm Pat. And I'm Grant. And uh, with us this week is a good buddy of mine. Uh, please welcome Prime to the podcast. Guten Tag, my dudes. <laughs> guten <laughs> guten Thanks for being here, Prime. Guten Morgen. Uh, thank you for having me. Welcome, welcome. I'm always honored. Always honored to be asked on podcasts, especially considering I'm just some random guy. But you're a really Aren't good we random guy, right? You're like really cool. I think you're a cool guy. I don't what? know if that amounts to much in this world, but I mean, you know, I'll take it. <laughs> you know, for the for the longest time, I've been going about the moniker of a diabolical union of Cybertronian and Universal Century technology. Um, <laughs> don't know how much it's going to carry Universal me. Cron, if yeah, you know, will, right? into my um next life. So yesterday, Sunday, I spent most of my day. Um, landing around the house surrounded by cats, um, jumping back and forth between playing um, Pokemon Ultra Sun, Silver, Digimon Story Hacker's Memory, Just Cause 3, Injustice 2, Mobile and Console, um, Kamen Rider uh, Climax Fighters, and DC Legends. And I would spend like maybe 5, 10, 15 minutes between each game. And I was like just jumping back and forth because, you know, Monday was going to be there in like five <laughs> minutes. So I had to hurry up and get as much gaming right. in as I could. Whenever I stopped, I mean, I would immediately like just pick up without even missing a beat. Like I hadn't just stopped play- playing the game. Like I had just paused to go to the restroom <laughs> between each and every single game. And um, the whole time I was playing, the only thing I could think about going was like, this is it. I have transcended my limit. I have broken my shackles and I've moved on to the next stage of human evolution now. You look in the mirror and realize you have eight arms surrounding you. <laughs> You've become a being of pure light. Ultraman has came and given me a um, beta capsule. So I'm now I'm Prime Gundam Zero Beyond. <laughs> Glorious. Man, I love Ultra I love Ultraman Zero because he's just a he's just a shouty, shonen, hot blooded protag. He I just mean, happens to be an Ultraman really. I mean, totally like <laughs> And he's just a really good dude too. Like you know, right? I mean, I don't let me not, let me not start talking about Ultraman because I will be will be. That's not that's not the topic of the episode. Let me let me stop. Yeah, Zero would definitely help you move a couch. Um, so Prime, tell us a little bit a little bit about some of your background with Tokusatsu and these rubber suited monsters. Where to start on my history with the Karate Bugman and the Powerful Rangers? Um, I don't know. Like I guess it started a lot with like a cultural memory. Like I had as a child, I had always known who Godzilla and Ultraman were, and I don't know how or where I discovered mm. or learned of them. But I huh. do remember um, watching some Godzilla movies in uh, syndication and having to you know track yeah. down watching just random episodes of the OG Ultraman in my area. And I have like the vaguest, faintest memories of watching the USA Dynaman dub. Hilarious is a subjective term, but the um, there were some jokes <laughs> told Dynaman dub that looks that uh, aired on USA Network that looked like they just got like a couple of guys and they were just trying to throw any TV show on air at cable back then, and like these, it really just felt like like five guys just got some episodes of Dynaman and just did some um, mystery science theater style dub over sound effects. And uh, 
that's about it. And I know like I'm going to probably date myself, but I was a part of the huge Power Ranger boom in 92, 93. And I was drawn mm-hmm. to it mostly because, and I think I said this once on a Morphin Metacast, how when I first saw those trailers, when, you know, when Fox Kids was hyping it up, that it yeah. looked like Dinosaur Voltron. And I said, yes, this is, this is, I'm all for this. I'm all in. <laughs> And Excellent. I remember the day perfectly because I, uh, my mom was going to a funeral of a friend of hers who had recently passed, and she wanted to know if I wanted to come with her. Now, never mind the fact that I'm a kid, and there is, like, no way I'm going to a funeral. But there was also no way I was going right. to miss, again, Dinosaur Voltron. Like, but mom, I got I to gotta watch this show. The show looks pretty cool. <laughs> so, yeah, I remember staying home, watching Day in the Dumpster, and... Several things I love in life, and that being giant robots, superheroes, and boobs in that order, just immediately, <laughs> just drawn to the show. Just it, it ticked a lot of boxes for little little me, and I had and just since then I've always stuck with it and sticking with it. Now it's just one of my um, comfort shows. You know, um, there are a lot of things mm-hmm. that Tokusatsu does that other genre and other superhero shows don't do. Because where else but Toku can I get a pirate wearing an Admiral hat that has a race car for legs? Um, slicing up giant robot. Like, where, where, else, where else am I getting that? Tell me. I feel like uh, even normal anime isn't that brave, usually. I mean, yeah, and I mean, I often tell, when I often try to sell people, and I don't want to say sell because that makes it sound like it has to be peddled and Super Sentai, uh, Super Sentai and Toku does not have to be peddled to anybody. Either you, you're in, all in, or you're not. But I often say to people, like, it's just Definitely. essentially, you know, <laughs> live action anime. And um, it's over the top of my basket, and I just, I just, just love the nature of it. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So you've been, would you say that you've been keeping up this whole time? You've just been keeping up or is there, did it fade and then come back later? There has never been a fade off period. Like I have always been in Toku. Like um, there'll be times where due to, you know, finances, I will probably drop off of comic books or I'll probably drop off of video games. But because it's free entertainment on TV or I can, you know, download it or stream it or, you know, find a DVD, I've always been involved or watched Toku in some shape, form or one way or another. Hmm. Fantastic. I'm seeing your true power level right now and it's impressive. I mean, that's all I can say. I mean, <laughs> no, uh, no, it's 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 uh, it's interesting. I would express a similar background and just the whole like just all the godzilla is just a thing you know from television i know right? you never know when you don't know isn't it. that weird like and uh how did how did i learn about this giant japanese lizard monster man like i don't i don't know it's, <laughs> it's interesting to me I, like i say I, yeah. I call it just like the cultural memory of it mm-hmm. i'm sure someone had <laughs> to expose to me it. to it like I, but i just i can't i can't trace the point of origin i can't trace um patient zero as it were yeah <laughs> But uh, and I, I definitely remember Fox Kids playing those those first commercials and I I just I vividly remember Jason in the uh, in the the morpher like his face and you know Tyrannosaur power I'm like what is this that I'm seeing like <laughs> it was pretty incredible dinosaurs and robots yes please <laughs> yeah right so uh, Prime tell us a little bit uh, you you're caught up now on Lupin Ranger versus Pat Ranger and uh, tell us a little I bit am. how you're feeling about the show so far. Um, where to start? So I had a little bit of trepidation when I heard the concept of it, like two simultaneous teams, especially with how they were selling it, saying like it was essentially like two shows clashing into each other. And I was stroking my chin, going, mm. "I don't know, Toy. That sounds a little bit ambitious from what you're um what you usually do." <laughs> but to be fair, like um, <laughs> I didn't mind. Like I know a lot of people had slack about uh Q Ranger. I'm not I'm not caught up on Q Ranger. I think I'm in like the twenties. 25 30s and i'm liking it mm. but i can tell like it's it, it seems like they over they overreached a little bit with q ranger 
but I always say like I'd rather you miss aiming for the moon than just pilling around in the mud. Mm. Um, per call, I hmm. said moon in space. Um, but anyway, so once I watched <laughs> like you know the first episode and I see some of the trailers, I'm kind of I'm really kind of digging it, especially like um some of the camera work that's going on in the show. Um. And some yeah. of the stage direction, like some of those fight scenes, depending, especially how they're presented and how they're written into the show, like it should really, really be hard to track what's going on in the fight scene when it's essentially like two Sentai teams plus a monster group. And it's mm-hmm. like there's there's no like one side. It's all three factions in one fight and they're all, you know, having their own goals and agendas. And you would think that the action would be just a little hard to follow from episode to episode. But so far especially some of, like I said, the interesting camera work they've been doing. It's been really surprisingly easy to follow and really, you know, well-staged. Um, that said, now that I said it out loud, now I have a kind of fear of, like, how long are they going to maintain this? Is it going to be like this situation with Camera uh, Rider Kabuto when those first couple of fights with the clock-up system were so amazing? And then, mm, like, mm. right around, what was it, like, the 20s or the mid-30s, they just kind of went, eh, womp-womp. I mean, the show was still, the fights were still good and still interesting, but they didn't have that same, you know, kinetic energy that those first earlier fights mm. um, that Tendo had, especially, and I always use this as my to-go-to example, that one where he fought the worm in the rain and they did like the slow, oh yes. my gosh, that fight is amazing. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And we saw that so a little good. bit in my limited experience, saw that a little bit in Forza too, with the early episodes featuring a lot of heavy wire work and that's sort of fading as the show went on. But they seem yeah, to have yeah. maintained it quite a bit here with Lupin Ranger versus Pat Ranger. Yeah, but we'll so. we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'll be interested to see um, what the what the fourth would that be fourth fourth Rangers would be like. I'm not I'm not following any toy call like spoilers, so if they've already shown what it would be and what color is, mm-hmm. uh, please don't tell me. I want to be pleasantly <laughs> surprised, and I say that now, and I know for a fact that once I lie down and get off this podcast, I'm going to go look and see if they did announce any toy spoilers. So uh, ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i'm i'm all in i'm especially all in on the ganglers uh destroy he's a thick boy and those thighs will literally blow your mind um <laughs> extra i mean thick. he is thick with three c's son and um <laughs> the main boss he has a cape made of chains so i'm 1000 percent all in whatever this organization wants to do i want to see what it is because that's dope <laughs> And I love their OST, like that that theme when um Lips McGee, what is her name? Gosh, Goosh? Gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that theme, like I want that to be my cell phone ringtone. It is so um catchy, so earwormy. Yeah. Well great. Do we have any um predictions going into this episode? Any any hopes, any any fears? <laughs> what are we hoping to see? Mm-hmm. I'm ready for more on the Ice Gangler, but I don't know. I don't know now. Like, I've been calling him Cowboy Absolute Zero. Is that, can I, am I allowed to do that? <laughs> yes, oh, this has my blessing. Okay, so that's, that's, that's <laughs> so what will be. That's, we have to call him that it's, it's, now. It's been car stamped. <laughs> Cowboy Absolute Zero. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm going to keep wishing for, you know, a little bit more on the, the Mafia Monsters and their MO, but otherwise, it's, it's, it's been a delight so far. So, while speaking of the Mafia Mob, so, um, one thing that I usually like about Sentai is how the, um, uh, unlike Power Rangers, um, is how sometimes the bad or the bad guy organizations they all have like different goals and different purposes. Sometimes they're aliens, sometimes they're mm. demons, sometimes they're just trying to make a quick buck in their mob gang. Right. That's being said that this is a mob gang. Like, ideally, what I think would be ne- or what I think would be really neat 
I don't want to say ideally because then I'm coming up with expectations that I don't want to have. Try, I'm trying not to have any, you know, preconceived notions about the show. But, mm-hmm. you know, with the premise hmm. of the ganglers and the guy saying, like, if, you know, you gather the treasure and you <laughs> bring it to me all in one piece, I'll make you the next mob boss. What do you think would be or how would you how would you how would you envision the show would be? Is if some way, let's say maybe through the midpoint, maybe after the extra or six ranger. I know it's not six ranger. Yeah, he's six. Uh, well, no, he's seventh. Yeah, seventh. Anyway. Seven, when the yeah. seventh or six, whatever, when the extra ranger gets added, do you would you think or would it be interesting if the show would devolve into like all out like gang warfare on the gangler side, where everyone where they're like, you know what, let's all vie for that top spot, and let's like you know do some Soprano slash The Wire type deals going on, while the Lupin Rangers and Patrick <laughs> Rangers are doing their thing in the background. I'm interested. I think that's to get really tricky because then then the ganglers are really sort of destabilized while trying to fend off the others. So you're going to have a bunch of crazy underhanded stuff going on. I guess if they execute well, I wouldn't mind it being the case. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely like to see it. I mean, we've already got multiple sort of hero teams. Um, I don't know if it's really implied, but one could see how the Ice Gangler, uh, sorry, Cowboy Absolute Zero could uh, <laughs> could be um, his, his or her own faction as opposed to the other mobsters. I think it's the big thing is not really knowing what the mob is about. I mean, we know that Ghosh kind of likes to experiment on things, and there seems to be some friction along that front, but not much more beyond that. But I would love to see a, a you know, five, six, seven team sort of all-out, free-for-all, warrior-style, just gangs in the street fighting each other. Yeah, and I feel like that could be interesting because, like, like I said, we like we don't really know what the ultimate goal of the ganger is. Like, and I think that's also what's drawing me to them. Very interesting, unless I miss something watching the stuff, watching you know, subbed. Like, they're not usually after what, you know, the most typical Sentai bad guys are after. Usually, like, we, ah, we got to gather fear mm-hmm. to fill this river and cross over into this dimension. Or, yo, dinosaurs killed my kids, so I'm salty and want to ruin children's lives. Yeah, Bandora, that's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not, so far, it doesn't look like they're after world domination. It, it really looks like they just are, are a legit, like, mafioso. So I, I'm I'm also interested to in see. So what is the Don? I'm, I'm going to butcher his name, so I'm going to call him the Don. What is the Don's? Um, yeah. <laughs> what is his end game? You know, why why is he putting right, the members exactly. of his family um, against each other to buy the top spot? Because he doesn't strike me as the type of person that you know will concede power easily. Just from what little we've seen of him mm-hmm. and how he commands respect and fear in equal measures. And again, just in the few scenes he's been in, um, I'm just curious to see like what's What's the point and what are what's their ultimate connection to the the Lupine uh collection? You know, I would have thought a multi sort of a multi-axis, you know, fight like that would have been too ambitious, but catching up now on Kamen Rider build and just how sort of different this season has been already. I really feel like they could pull something like that off. Build has been consistently defying my expectations. This show too has been I don't know if I would say it's completely unconventional. It, it definitely has some certain kind of tempo ticks, uh, like a standard Sentai show, but just the, the 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 kind of schism in the main team that we've already seen throughout, um, and the interesting camera work and things like that. Like, I feel like they probably could pull something like that off. Yeah. So I, I watched I watched with my wife, um, or as I would call her, as I call her, the woman, and she asked me like, "How long do I think the boss? <laughs> the, she is the woman because I see her as um the superior of her gender." Sherlock Holmes reference. I'm old. Um, so the woman asked me, "How long do I see the two teams being at odds?" And it really got me thinking. In a perfect world, 
I don't think they would ever like unite as one team. Like maybe sometimes like the goals will align and they will, you know, fight side by side. And clearly they're going to have to do the two man Red Ranger team up at the end. I mean, just that's naturally going to happen. But um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't see the teams ever reconciling and, you know, working hand in hand, being, you know, one in one. Like, I don't think I don't. And again, in the perfect world, I don't see that happening. I see the two teams constantly being antagonistic because that's, you know, that fits with the theme and the idea of the show. And it, it wouldn't mm-hmm. be cops and robbers if the cops start working with the robbers, you know what I mean? And, right, right. Um, I, I see the rivalry, you know, carry, actually carrying on through all the way to the end of the show. And also, and mm. again, I, I say in a perfect world, like, and I know, like, it, it's probably not going to be that case. But, like, I also don't see the cops find out the, the who the Phantom Thieves are. Like, I see that colonel being, you know, just carried on over so that they maintain their mystique and they maintain a, a goal for the Patrick Rangers to launch into the adventures that we don't see after the, the gangler threat is handled and uh, over with. Mm. So, or, or that could be a plot point picked up in a, a V cinema or the next versus movie, or when they pop up again in a, another um, Tyson movie or something. Mm. Probably not going to happen though. I'm just, I'm just saying that's what I would like. That's, that's what I would like to happen. That's what I think would be interesting if it did happen. You guys' thoughts? Yeah, most definitely. It'd be nice if they maintain that conflict for at least for as long as possible. I mean, really, I agree. I agree. Like, but in, like I said, in a perfect world, like they would never, te- they would never unite as one. They will always be at odds in that conflict. Mm-hmm. That what's driving the show so far would be what you know carries the show onto its conclusion and subsequent. Um, cannot speak today. Other appearances. So I just sidestep the word entirely. <laughs> Take that language. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in your face, <laughs> language. <laughs> All right, well then, are we ready to load up the episode? Let us begin. Yes. この番組はザノシートキオキクリグループPRTとザコミックフィンドとご覧のスポンサーの提供でお送りします。All right, we're back. Uh, so this time we actually did get a little bit on the ice dude, or as we're calling him, uh, Cowboy Absolute Zero. That is his official title. Yes. So no matter what his name is, even if we learned it this time, that's just what we're going to call him from now on. We did. He's a Zamigo Delma, but come on. Yeah, get that. Get that out of here. (laughs) But to quickly recap, um, so we got a follow up on last week's episode where they were Full of despair, full of Zetsubo, got the Zawazawas up in here because they, Lupin Rangers thought that the Pat Rangers destroyed the stag elk uh, gangler. Lupin Red goes off on his own, kind of just bummed out, really wallowing in his despair. And then he runs into, he runs into Pat Red, who gives him a clue that the Cowboy Absolute Zero is out and about. So he just, just runs around all night looking for him. Meanwhile, they sort of realize, okay, there's no way uh, Lupin Yellow and Lupin Blue figure there's no way he's actually dead because usually Ghost shows up and just makes him bigger. And it's like, wait, that didn't happen this time. So they piece it together. Pat Rangers track down the stag gangler and Lupin Red tracks the Cowboy Absolute Zero down in like a a tanker, like a warehouse tanker thing. And this all culminates in one big fight where... The Lupin Rangers see that that even though they were wallowing in despair, they were both keeping at it, or all three of them were keeping at it, and Lupin Red goes after Cowboy Absolute Zero, while the two keep the Pat Rangers distracted while also extracting the Lupin item out of it. 
we kind of get a bit of a one-on-one action uh, between Cowboy Absolute Zero and Lupin Red, and then he pulls out the scissor blade, scissor and blade weapon, which after a short conflict and sort of impressing Cowboy, then he kind of ducks out, and then we get like a full fight, mecha fight with Lupin Kaiser and the stag elk gangler, which we get to see the scissor blade uh, upgrade in the fight. We kind of get a sort of a reunifying or unifying moment with the Lupin Rangers, and they're like, oh, okay, things just sort of worked out. Um, and then a friendly exchange between Lupin Red and Pat Red. I think that should be it. Yeah, that was that's pretty much the good rundown. So uh, how did you guys feel about this episode? I liked it because we finally got to hear a little bit more about Cowboy. And then we got a, lot, a bit of a fun exchange with um, the, the two Reds. Just a weird... Either tiger, either sport champ. <laughs> you feeling all right there, buddy? Yeah, the um, like Prime was mentioning the the sort of juxtaposition of these two as supposed as as Pat Ranger Red supposedly supposed to be older than him by a great deal doesn't really work. But I certainly enjoyed the episode. Um, it's nice that we got a absolute cowboy uh running around. We get a little bit more of him. I'm a pretty big fan of the fact that he mains Reaper and Overwatch, and every gun, every just has one bullet in it, and he just kind of keeps firing away with those. Um, I dig that aesthetic. I dig kind of his whole, his whole swagger. His you know that uh, just disregarding these. Uh, he's got two hot-blooded Reds to disregard, and that is something that I approve of. Mm. Yeah, yeah, this is good. And I we didn't talk too much about it last week, but Bletz, the sort of deer crown monster thing. It's a really good design, and I, I think uh, having a second week with it, I was like, you know, just kind of, yeah, no, this is a really, really good monster, and uh, his little gimmick with being able to make copies, um, it, it didn't, it wasn't necessarily something that they leaned into. I mean, it's nothing about his design that makes you go, oh, like, he could copy himself or whatever, but, you know, he just, it works really well. It was a good gimmick, good fight scenes, uh, they used it well. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I mean, I enjoyed this episode. Um I really love um, persistent, the persistent uh, general type in Super Sentai, you know, like your Gryffindor's Zors or um, I was about to call him Ecliptor. What is Ecliptor's Mega Ranger name? I don't remember. Oh, I just remember his Ecliptor. <laughs> yeah, I just blacked <laughs> out. Oh my gosh, he has one of my favorite attacks, the Triple Dark Crisis. Oh my god. Anyway, so I, that's one of my uh, favorite archetypes, you know, and I really hope that uh, his rivalry with uh, Lupin Red is as epic as the Juzo-Shinken-Red rivalry was. And it looks like it might be a little more, as well as being uh, personal, because, hey, man, you killed my, my fam. I, I like that we're getting a lot of these camaraderie episodes with the Lupin Rangers, but I also kind of feel like, you know, we're not getting as much development on the Powder Rangers as we probably should be at this point, you know? Like, there's been a lot right. of um, service given to the Lupin, Lupin Rangers, and clearly they they, they have, you know... They have the story in the arc. I get that. Like they have, we we know the goal they're fighting for, and it's not just a general. Hey, we're cops. We're doing good because good is good, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not. I'm not an edge lord. I'm saying there's nothing entirely wrong with the cops. <laughs> but like, I want to. I want to know a little bit more about the Power Rangers. Like I feel like we know a, a we know a lot about the Looper Rangers, and I think we mm. need a little more balance on their side. Like I do. You know, we know that um, Sukasa likes to hug stuffed animals. That's cute. And that, um, not Decca Green, forgive me because I can't remember his name. Um, Sakuya? Sakuya, yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, he, he, he's a thirsty boy. He, he wants it. <laughs> <laughs> he wants it bad. But like, you know, I just, mm. just, just a little bit more. And like, like I've been joking for most of the time we were talking about it, like there is no way that the two Reds, 
like the fact that they 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 they're coding pattern one is older than Lupin Red. Like to me, that's that's utterly ridiculous. Like, it's, come on, guys. <laughs> like, and, and I I don't want to say it takes me out the show, but whenever they like do those scenes, like the Hey Sport Hey Champ here earlier, like it just it it doesn't take me out the show, but it gives me a little pause. Like, like it's it's just no maybe way. Like, no maybe way. Maybe it's like twenty twenty, you know, early twenties versus you know, fresh out of high school, eighteen nineteen. Like, there's a little bit I could see them arguing for a little bit of a difference. Because I know if I look at pictures when I was, you know, early 20s or even like 19, oh, I was okay, baby face okay. as heck. So. Okay, to be fair, because they, they are coding Lupin uh, Red as uh, 17, 18, right? That's, that's like, mm, I think mm-hmm. that's the age they're giving the show, yeah. But like, if, the, if that was the age difference, that'd be that'd be fine. Matter of fact, like you can maybe, if they were maybe him, you know, coding Patching 1 is to be kind of like a big brother to him, you know, like I want to take this kid under my ring, you know, you know, like that. But like it's right. it's it's clearly not the brother brother relationship they're trying to go with. It's clearly like the father son relationship that they're trying to go with, where he's substantially older than um, Lupin Red. Again, that's it's not a problem. Like I said, it's not a deal breaker. It's just it's humorous to me, and I'm gonna be cracking jokes about it every time they they do something with it in the show. Mm. Uh, again, the 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 fight between Cowboy Absolute Sub Zero and Lupin Red was re- was really good, really well um, staged, really well choreographed. Um, just like again, like I said earlier, the fight scenes in the show continue to impress me, and I really hope they maintain that same energy up until the late thirties, early forties. Um, and Lupin Red really needs to invest in I don't know, maybe a cape protector, maybe you need to tuck it and roll it, maybe <laughs> dramatically take it off before the fight starts because your capes are getting messed up, bro. Like you, you can't you. If if the money we're stealing from these monsters, they can't all be going and replacing your cape, Lupin Red Man. Come on. <laughs> I think they get a new one every time they transform, right? Isn't that how? But it works? do they though? Like, come on now. You, somebody somebody has to make them. Like, they, we have to make sure the economy is thriving, man. Somebody has to be making these capes <laughs> for the costumes. I mean, it can't be it can't be inexpensive to have Good Striker put in a kennel as often as he is. Like that stuff's expensive. Like, yeah. I'm mean, sure they go to Don Quixote or like, you know, some one of the 99 cent stores or Daiso or something to get, you know, replacement capes. Because that's just uh... if there is any time for a Maji Ranger cameo, this would be the series to explain <laughs> what how they how there is cape repairs. Like, come on. Come on. What do you think Kogure does when they're not? He's not bringing that book in. Right. So he's fixing knitting. capes. So much knitting and sewing. <laughs> mm. You know, maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe it's just me because I'm slow as a mud. But like this episode, it finally dawned on me that Good Striker is a carrot. <laughs> like I am slow. <laughs> like it when he when he popped out this episode, I was like looking at the shape of his face, and then I looked at the shape of the the mech itself. I'm like, oh wait a minute, that's supposed to be a carrot. Ha ha! I get it. That's funny. I think you need to be eating more carrots. I mean, they're good for um, was it eyesight? Kind of imagine if you're like in the middle of eating something and you became Good Striker, like in front of your friends and family, like at a meal. Like, <laughs> Do no, I not get another the steamed carrot? Little, just... little vest. Does that come with it? <laughs> yeah, the hat like pushing its way out of you, just like, <laughs> just sort of like <laughs> like, a, like a cocoon. <laughs> uh. With that image, uh, was there anything that we didn't like about this episode? I didn't like that they didn't ask any questions about why was a Lupin. Lupin Yellow asking questions about the monster that was destroyed. Like, he just shrugs it off. When the couple of episodes previous, like, they suspected these guys of being the Phantom Thieves. And you would think, like, hey, why are you asking random questions about the monster that was... How did, <laughs> matter of fact, how did you know a monster was destroyed yesterday? Was that on the news? I don't... 
They usually see uh oh that's a good that's a good point. Yeah. Cuz usually she's like isn't there usually a giant one? But what do you mean usually? What do you mean what do you usually? Mean? <laughs> nobody's nobody's around when we do this. <laughs> like is there any like camera drones going on? Like I I have questions. I just want to just but you know whatever. I I'll allow I'll, I'll I'll excuse that for, you know, the plot of getting the the episode moving forward. It's fine. Again, not a deal breaker. Just just an observation. That's all. Obviously, Green is blinded by his infatuation and didn't notice, like, didn't think to think about that part. That makes sense as well. That makes sense as well. About if it was Tsukasa, I'm pretty sure she would have noticed it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Exactly. That's that's called writing, kids. That's how that works. You see you see how easy that is? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, I really wanted the mob boss to speak a little more. We got to see him for a second. I was like, oh, we're going to get, like, a cool speech or something. Nope. Nothing. Which was kind of a disappointment. Like I, I want to, I want to hear more from him. Well, I, I really like that he's like one of the chillest Sentai main bad guys we've had in a while. Like he just does not give an absolute nothing. He does not care at all. <laughs> it's true. Like he is complete. Like he is completely one thousand percent unbothered, which makes me think he is cooking up something. He has to be cooking up something big. Like I'm watching the mob boss this whole okay. show. And I feel like Homer from the episode of The Simpsons with the mob and the Yakuza were fighting outside of his house. And he's watching that one guy in the back going, hey, that guy hasn't moved since the fight started. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I feel like. I'm watching the mob boss. Like, he's too calm for, like, the situation that he's presenting by, hey, I want to find my successor. Oh, man, these two groups of uh, multicolored powerful guys are kicking our butts left and right. I'm just going to sit in my base here and just drink wine and okay. um, hang I, out with Ghost and smack on the butt am, every now and then. Am I beautiful minding really? here? Am I about to beautiful minded here? Or, like, maybe <laughs> Kogare and Hilltop both work for the mob boss? And like, I'm pretty no sure Koga, I'm pretty sure Koga does, but don't you? Hilltop is too pure. Don't you dare. That's what I'm saying. He I'm is so here. pure. I mean, that's just he it. Is the... Hilltop is so pure. He is. And Yo. Jim Carter's a ruse because we look at Jim Carter and we go, oh, that's like one of those robots that, like, you know, a, like a an automotive company makes and they can play violin and it's like deep in the uncanny valley. But in fact, maybe it's Hilltop because he's just he's so sweet. Yo, yo. Yo, what if Hilltop <laughs> is the mob boss and that's his human guys? What if he doesn't even know he's the mob boss? It's like a Dr. Jekyll and so Mr. You're saying Hyde like, thing, but it's like amnesia too. So like a Diavolo from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure type thing where it's two personalities yes. in one body? Oh no. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no. One of them pure I'm, good, I'm one all of them in. pure evil. I'm all in on this. I want. We better get that. We better get some frog phone calls if we're going to do this route. <laughs> I want some phone calls coming out of those frogs. You know what? And if he doesn't become a commander ranger, that's the only that's the only logical next step that should be like. If he's not one, he has to be the other. Yeah. Yeah. Hilltop either mm. needs to actually be the mob boss and not realize it, or he needs to be in a full lycra suit, standing atop a carrier zord pointing at things and telling people where to shoot like that's these are the requirements that we have this is you know what in his ranger in his ranger costume you just did you just in his costume Mm -hmm. has to be full-on backio with like you know the the jacket cape going on you know what i'm saying with the (laughs) you know what you you know what you guys just did you just monkey you just monkey pawed the heck out of this just now because you know what's going to happen is (laughs) jim carter is going to be his transformation device and it's going to be half commander hilltop and half jim carter and it's going to be horrifying but see, now I'm okay with Jim Carter because I found out that it was Kagura's voice actor. So, <sighs> all right, I'm okay with well, that. as long as he, <laughs> oh, hold on now, let me, let me find that silver <laughs> lining. If he continues to have that same level of WD, WWE performances he had in that last episode, I can allow that. Mm. Like <laughs> if I can see more Jim Carter suplexes in the the Jim Carter special, I'm all for. I'm all in. Very well. 
All right, guys. Uh, any other thoughts before we head over to Twitter questions? I think I'm good. Okay. Well, um, so our first one comes to us from Buddy of the Podcast, Behalite Bebop. Uh, which Toku series has your favorite kaiju or kaijin designs? Godzilla doesn't count. Just no taking the king out first shot. I mean, I mean, he's coming out gunning. Um, <laughs> wow. So I'm going to go with my gut reactions because those are always the best I'm told. So without hmm. too much thought into that, I'm going to say the Orphanox from Foz are really neat. And I'm not and I'm not talking about like, because if we're talking about individual suits or individual characters, we will be here all day. So I'm just thinking right. in broad, <laughs> broad sense. If I'm thinking about, I'm seeing snapshots, I'm seeing groups in my mind. Uh, so the Orphanox from Foz, the Imogen from Dino, the Guy Arc Yo. from Go Onger, uh, whatever the group was called in Metaler, the um, something something Empire or something, I don't know. Those guys always stick out to me. For some reason, Gritman is popping up in my mind, but only because I'm currently watching this show now. But to be fair, those monsters are pretty neat. I mean, you you guys seen Gritman and Superhuman Samurai, right? They're basically just Ultraman monsters with cybernetic bits on them. Well, some of them are Ultraman monsters with cybernetic bits on them. And I don't know, maybe this might be totally um, plebeian of me, or maybe it might be tinted by nostalgia glasses, but I really like the Jew Ranger monsters for like the classical mythology mm. monsters they they had going on. That theme, that motif, was really is really yeah. Neat. Yeah, um, some really great designs on that. I think that's it. I can think off the top of my head. If you holding a gun to me, um, well, this one's a tough one for me. Um, and it's always hard when you pick an Ultra series because they reuse designs a lot. But I'm gonna go with Ultra Seven, not only because it's one of my favorite shows, but because it has um. A lot of the designs in that feel like either refinements from the first season or just are some of the both. Like, like I love King Joe. Um, I love Dinosaur Tank. Uh, King Joe because he's like a legitimately enjoyable design with lots of symmetry and he can break into pieces. Dinosaur Tank because he's the uh, fever dream of a madman and he is exactly what uh, he has described. He's a dinosaur laying across a tank. Um, a, lot of, a lot of really great monsters in that one. Uh mechanical dragon one too i can't think of its name as it comes to my mind but I, the ultra designs are, are a favorite and seeing them show up again and again is really fun particularly now that in recent seasons they've started doing things where they not only do they have the heroes have like power merging stuff but the kaiju also merge so you get to see like you know old two older kaiju designs merge together to form a new one that kind of stuff that that really works for me i guess since uh, i wrote like a couple down here but um my number one you know what? I'll count. I'll count up to this, but uh, I'm gonna say that I really liked the undead and blade. Um, I thought that the theming. I'm, I'm crazy about playing cards because I'm basic, but uh, so like turning a bunch of different monster races into playing cards, including the Joker, was really cool for me. Hmm. I liked the Orphanok and Fies a lot because I liked sort of that washed out bone white color of them, and then also sort of the motivation of being like dying with unfinished business being their motivation but my number one i think has to be the greed from o's because i think just design wise i think that making each of them being a part of o's suit was really cool but then also like the idea of something being um, made to be incomplete and then so can never be satisfied is Mm -hmm. just really really cool and uh, uh, to piggyback off what you're saying, the way that the O's have the the color splashes behind them, the yes. the, like, the banners. Oh my god, that is such mm. a great visual tick. It has so nothing to do with the suit, but just swag. like even when they're yes. yeah, even when like their human forms are standing around, oh. and they're like laid out on something. Oh my yeah. god, I'm just like oh, I ate that up. 
I was greedy for more of that. I want to see more stuff like presentation. That. <laughs> oh, and also some honorable mentions real quick. I just I just thought about it as you were talking about um the designs, the Orphanox. If you ever like just look at them in depth, like the just those tiny details into like the suits and like each individual one are really good. And that said, I really like the worms, both the the cocooned and you know obviously the multiple like the cocoon you know the green worms with the the eyes over the the hands like just some really oh, unsettling yeah. looking um suit designs <laughs> mm, and mm-hmm. and as an as an honorable shout out uh destron from v3 those hybrid animals are dope like they're so they're they're such a product of their time like i can't help but love them like the tiger tank like it's come on man come on all right, yeah. So uh, this one comes just from uh, my buddy Samuel Madness. Uh, he asks, "Which Toku series fight scenes did you enjoy the most?" Uh, mm. Let me get on this one because it Do came it. up earlier, but I want to, I want to, I want to pull the trigger on it. Is uh, it. the hyperspeed and clock up fights in early Kabuto was one of my first like forays really into watching like Kamen Rider and Toku overall, and like that what that rain that rain scene is the first thing I come to mind whenever they're doing kind of like super speed or hyperspeed stuff. And uh, even like some of the really tricky shots where I think before before Tendo had access to clock up where he just like broke a mirror and shot a bunch of lasers into the mirrors to catch it because they were moving too fast. Like and then even though even though later on, like the the choreography wasn't as tight, uh, we still got some really cool stuff like uh, when when we finally, finally get to see. Oh, geez. (laughs) Uh, when we finally get to see the blue, oh no, Gatak. what is his name? It, yes, when Gatak shows up, oh, oh, and his rider kick dope. is a scissor kick. Oh, oh, so no. amazing, so amazing. Oh, so and good. the the yeah. fight between Kabuto and Gatak and the hoppers when the early episode mm. where Gatak had to hold off Kabuto. Oh no, Kabuto had to hold off Gatak because Gatak went berserk, and they were both exhausted. And the hoppers rolled up and was like, "So, buddies, um, what you doing? How's it going?" <laughs> just to mess around yeah like no no real reason just to just to have a just to have an all-out fight between two uh oof. oh and so the good. fight when the the destroy and they had that half destroyed city where it was kabuto gatek and kick hopper fighting those hordes mm. of worms oh just mm, ah, yes beautiful <laughs> i welcome triple rider kicks always Triple rider kicks are blessed. We know this. <laughs> and then oh, just to, just to, just to wrap that one up though, uh, the fact that Kawato's default rider kick was a counter kick, like oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So yeah, so good, so good. Um, I guess I can pop in with one. Um, you know, this one for me, and this is one of those said it many times before, and it's a low-hanging fruit, but I'll say it again, uh, Die Ranger, just because theming it around, you know, Chinese martial arts and things like that is just, it's a very easy in for me. It always works. It's mm. universally a theme that I like. Um, and I, I'm always a fan of Sentai seasons that at least pay lip service to the idea that each of the team members is a little bit different fighting style or special technique, even if they have something like time-stopping power and only use it like three times in the whole series. I just like the idea that they have different forms and, and they're not, you know, just color palette swaps, quite literally. So, yeah, Die Ranger, definitely. All right. I think the gall of making one of them a uh, drunken fist master oh, was, yeah, yeah. is just so appealing to me on a mm-hmm. core, like, in my DNA. Yeah, like, that's primal just, level. <laughs> yeah, just, oh. All right, I got a couple when I was thinking about the question. Um, and I want to just piggyback off of you what you said about Die Ranger. Like, it may it may feel like a pleb answer, but to, like, to be really fair, those fight scenes are really good. They are. <laughs> like, 
they're 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 really good. Um, so I've always been a huge fan of the Ginga Man fighting style. Like I don't know something yes. about that animalistic technique. Like there some really good fight scenes in there. Um, when they slap the ground, that is the best thing. When they're like boom boom, and you're like you're like it's about to happen. It's it's on. Uh, it's, like <laughs> oh, it's, it's or when they would like drag the mooks across the ground and just slang them off. It's, 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 they're just good fights. Good fights. <laughs> Ghostbusters had some really good stunt work, um, and I think that was the the privilege of having people who don't normally do Sentai do Ghostbusters. So we got a lot of interesting fight sequences mm. in there. Um, one of the, one of the fights that comes to my mind, I think yeah, it was Blue Blue Buster and Yellow Buster, and they were fighting Escape, and it was like one of the most grueling uh, two on one fights that I've ever seen in the Sentai. And it was also juxtaposed with a, a GoBuster Ace fight, and so the episode was like cutting back and forth between the action in both. But it was so it was so seamless, like you could you could be able to keep up with both, and like one fight wasn't prioritized over the other, and they were both given uh, equal footing. And, um, and um, Blue mm. did this really cool, like I don't want to say Matrix dodge, but like he ducked under a blade and just got in for a you know the trademark um, point blank shoot to the chest with the, with his uh, with his blaster. Good, good, good fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Am- Camerata Amazon jumps out at me as well, having really some really brutal visceral fight scenes. Like um, the tagline to Camerata Amazon should be "Make cute noises, chop off monster limbs." <laughs> Gonagai presents Common Rider. <laughs> jeez, jeez, jeez. Uh, the first half of Habiki has some really good stuff in it. Metaler also, I'm going to bring up again, be- just 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 purely for that fight where he ripped off his arm and threw it at a guy like that. Anything that does any any TV show where the main character does that, it, it immediately has all my respect, love, and attention. And I think that's all I can think of off the top of my head. It, it jumps out of me as fight scenes. Like that's not to say like anything that I didn't mention. I think sucks. It's just like these are the ones that you know I think about sometimes when I think about Toku fight scenes. Hmm. All right, so uh, our next question comes to us from uh, Unitzer07, a friend of the podcast. Uh, of the Toku shows you've seen, what is your favorite cool guy pose? Hmm. Camerata Foz. Ooh, when he like whips his hand, like, oof, it was a little bit hot. Yeah, it does that whip hand, and he does that, that crouch down where he gets like super low. Like going, so what's up, mm. girl? What you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So that's that's your answer, I guess, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We already went over Kabuto and how cool he was, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna fall back. This is just it's a close second, but uh, Ren Akiyama from uh, Kamen Rider Knight just or sorry Kamen Rider Ryuki, so Kamen Rider Knight from Kamen Rider Ryuki, and then on top of that, like finding out like was it uh, he stopped uh, uh, a train pervert and he grabbed him by the wrist or like like took him to the police like uh, in real life like this actually happened I think. I think that guy is probably the cool, super duper cool guy for me. And just wh- however he presents himself, he even shows up in that uh, Kate Kitai Sosakan 7 that we were talking about last episode mm. as a, another really cool guy. Well, you know, I'm going to buck trends a little bit and say uh, everything Gintaro does in Forze, particularly the double tap uh, fist on the chest before he points and tells someone they're going to be buds, because the real cool guy thing is niceness being nice cool cool coolness is friendship for grant mm-hmm. huh yep 100 percent. it's actually is cool got it behold the power of the pompadour <laughs> oh. the pompadour is oh. too good man it's too oh, good. that's true it's too good. when he's like styling the pompadour yeah. while transformed yeah uh-huh yeah if he'd had a red line form it'd have been game over i'm telling mm. you mm. <laughs> mm. 
Um, all right, so this one comes to us from Hykanian Beast. Uh, if you could bring back a somewhat forgotten one-shot Toku villain, hero, or mecha, who or what would it be? Personally, I feel in love with Rider Robo from the Common Rider Drive movie and wish it could be harnessed for good in the future. Don't we all? Hmm. Okay, so I might have a couple. Um, just one. He said one off, right? One, yes. just one, off. one. Okay, so it breaks my heart that Kamen Rider gal suit was um scrapped and used to make Kamen Rider Riki because that suit is gorgeous. It is one of my favorite mm. Kamen Rider suits, just like just period. And I'm just like really wish Bandai, I mean Bandai Toei would like just put the, just make the suit again so he can show up somewhere, please, just like just please, 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 like. I thought the Dagobah, I thought the Dagobah suit was destroyed, and I was so happy to see it in that superhero Tyson movie to see that it wasn't. So I'm like, if you didn't destroy the Dagobah suit, why can't you just just remake the just make remake the gal suit, please? Just what did they do? Give to me Crocodile Orange. What did they? Hmm? What did they? They kit bashed the gal suit for what? Uh, Yuki for the um the second Dino movie, Farewell Dino, where Ryutaru turned evil or was possessed. Oh no! Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they took it apart. And my second one would be um, Evil Tiga, not Dark Tiga from the Odyssey movies. I'm talking about the the evil scientist dude from the show. That was just a good Tiga suit look. It was just a good good color scheme, good look, good. The suit actor did a good job bringing that character to life and distinguishing his fighting style from Tiga's. And as cool as all black Tiga is, like it is cool. It's just to me, it's not as cool as the actual evil Tiga. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I kind of went along the same lines as as uh, as Hykanian beasts here, and I was thinking of a robot, so I went with the uh, Autovagin from Fies, because I think that uh, mm. I mean it's a, it's a transformer bike that also has your sword handy, and then basically doesn't really do anything super useful for the rest of the season. Um, <laughs> hey now. he took some hits. He took some hits. But hey now, that Gatling shield I w- I saved want... his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I would have liked more. You know, that's all I'm saying. I would have liked more. You know, I, I can I concur, and I have to say, like, if you didn't cry when Autobahn died both times, you're you're a monster. <laughs> just if you, if if his sacrifice again both times he sacrificed himself, if that didn't bring not just one yeah. tear to your eye, uh, you you have no soul, and I hope you um <laughs> get lost in the ether <laughs> of oblivion. Ian, that's all. <laughs> Well, uh, I guess for myself, I'm going to go with, uh, and I think this makes the cut as far as I'm aware, uh, Common Rider Skull from Double. Mm. Uh, I really, I really, really like that design. Um, and I, again, I, I don't want to be uh, super edgelord and be like, yes, a skull. But the skull with the hat Yes, and a the skull. Scarf, um, yeah, yes, a skull. It definitely works. That that, that design is great. Uh, more mentor Common Riders. Um I, mm, I, you know, I, I'm all about. Um, it's fine to have a hot-blooded, you know, red secondary rider. I get that, but I really like the idea of a of a kind of a stone cold like mentor common rider. Like that works for me. Definitely would like more of that. More rider dads, because uh, uh, I'm 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 all in for older older rider dudes showing up <laughs> as a secondary. If if Date Akira is indicative of anything. Right, definitely. Uh, True. It'd be great if an older Date came back, mm. a little, little wiser, a little bit. Yeah. I'm also. Su- I'm actually surprised they didn't do any net movies with Date and um, any of the X8 writers. You know, the traveling war doctor going to meet the Doctor Kamen writers. That that. No. Huh. No. Okay. Just me. Yeah. All right. No, 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 no. no that would have no. worked. That, that would have yeah. been great. Please. Oh. 
So and I have another honorable mention for this suit I want to see used again. So where in cotton picking Hades are the first and the next suits because they were dope? Yeah. Like I, I know yeah. I think some were used in a Deno movie. I just again, Deno, why are you taking all the suits and just Um <laughs> Like what was it the V three suits or or was it one of the suits that were used for like the two Oni brothers in that one movie? Or am I making up something in my brain here? I, I, I don't know enough about like the kit bash results, but that it hurts it hurts a little bit to find out, but I guess they're being practical. Again know. again, they're on an the island, so they gotta save money some way. They got mm. they gotta save money and they production <laughs> right. costs and all that. I understand that. But like when you look at what, what uh Toei does versus what like Subara does, where like they will recreate old suits with like new materials to make them look like the old suits. Like um just recently, then they then they just re upscale or they had to redo uh, Belia's and Zero suits for Gi. Am I am I mistaken? Am I think am I am I right? Because I I don't know enough about the behind the scenes on that to, I, to confirm or deny. Yeah, because I think I remember no reading or no seeing comment. something about how um, <laughs> Zero suit was made one way for like his earlier appearances, and then they 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 took it and used an entirely different material to remake the suit, but they tried again to match it to look like how it how the suit's supposed to look. I don't, I don't know. I had to do some research in there. So don't don't quote me on that. So I'm not entirely 100% certain. But you see what they do when they do stuff like that versus like you look over at Toei and they they you they um dig out the Oja suit out of storage and it's like clearly falling apart and like, "Hey guys, you didn't think to like to restore it all? Like just going to just slap that back on the suit actor and just send them out there?" Okay. This is a theme park one that they were using, I think. Oh. They just dug up a theme park one that's been I don't know if You know true. what? <laughs> What's well, it's a uh, that sounds like BS, but I believe it. I need to go to that. I still need to go to that theme park. We all need to go to that theme park. That'd be one Don't heck of a that. live stream. I want to see it. Subscribe to our Patreon. No. I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> so for our uh, our final question, perhaps one of the biggest ones we've ever gotten on the show, uh, from Paula Gatos, founder of Tokunet, uh, Tokusatsu Network, uh, what's the most challenging thing you found whenever recommending or introducing a Tokusatsu series to a friend? It's a big one. So one yeah. of the hugest things that I've always run into, and it's always this huge brick wall, and I don't want to say I blame Power Rangers, but I'm pointing my nose at them. We're like, for whatever reason, the concept of Toku to most um, English-speaking viewers has like this stigmatism because of Power Rangers. Like, oh, you mean that high, high, chop, chop, chippy, kitty flip stuff you guys used to watch more when I was little? And you know, Mighty Morphin is the best Power Rangers, and every and everything that has a henshin hero is automatically a Mighty Morphin Power Ranger ripoff. I am looking at you, Screen Rant. I am still big mad that you had the audacity, <laughs> the unmitigated gall, to insinuate that Kamen Rider Kuga and Ultraman Tiga are Mighty Morphin Power Ranger ripoffs. Really, Screen Rant? Really? First of all, how dare you? The, to the things that those two shows have done for the franchise and the genre of their respective series and their respective franchises, the things they've done to keep the torch alive and re-advise and get people back interested in these series, how dare you insinuate that they're, air quotes, ripping off an American adaptation of a Japanese show? Let me tell you something, and I'm trying so hard right now to curse, not to curse and keep my word, but, like, I'm mad. (laughs) Like, if I ever met who wrote that article, I promise everything, I'm smacking the pink out your mouth. You disrespect. <laughs> I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm fine. It better be alright. I'm fine. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You're, you're lucky, Screen Rant. You're lucky. Deep I'm breaths. Deep breaths. Right. I'm good. That's cool. It's okay. I'm getting fired. Fired up. Okay. All right. We're very passionate. <laughs> so that said, that said, 
So that that challenge of going like, hey, you know, just because it's a kid's show doesn't mean you can't find enjoyment out of it, and doesn't mean like um, it's dumbed down or, or you know, like it's it's that it's that constant dance I have with people like just because something is air quotes intended for kids doesn't mean like you yourself can't find enjoyment out of it. And also in that same token, just because something might have things that aren't typically in a kid's show, like, yeah, sure, there's some blood. Yeah, sure, there's some, like, you know, some high violence in it. Don't don't be like, an, you know, an edge lord. Like, it, it, it's, that, that's not what makes it interesting. What what makes it interesting to me, at the very least, is um that, um what I said earlier about there are certain things that Toku does that you don't get in any other superhero or any other um fantasy franchise. Like, a lot of it is just high concept fantasy, and it's what I used to call um, imagination in motion. Like they try not to have mm. it. They try mm. not to have anything bounded by any sense of what is practical or what'll look cool. What'll what'll look cool to the most people. Like it's just like when you look at suits. Like and I, I know I'm probably rambling now, but like when you look at a suit like Camerata Decade, that suit would not be in an American TV show. It would not be in an American comic book. Right. Um. It wouldn't even be that color. It wouldn't. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have any of those design elements. But yet, when you see that suit in motion, like the suit, the body, it, it all just comes together and it, and it works. So when I try to introduce people to Soko, I try to try to just stress to people to have, you know, just an open mind. You know, don't be judgmental. Try to not to leave those preconceived notions of ah, this that Power Ranger flip flip kippy chip 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 stuff, and just have a um, just have an open mind. You might be surprised what you enjoy, because they're like they're like and Tokusatsu is so broad. There is literally a show. And there's literally um, a thing for everybody. And what I think is really interesting about Toku, especially like these long, long running franchises like Kamen Rider, Ultraman, and Super Sentai, if you don't like the show this year, okay, wait for the episode, see what the next show is going to be. You might like that one because it's, it's constantly right. reinventing itself to um, to find new audiences and to reinvent itself for the year. And I don't want to say to stay relevant, but just to stay current, to stay in the um, the the, um, the eye of the public. Yeah, totally agreed. For myself, I think it's a double whammy here. Um, first off, and this is going to be one of those like real basic concerns, but uh, I have this with recommending anime and stuff too. Most of it is subtitled and not dubbed. I it mm. for those of us who are deep in it, who are just up to our eyeballs in you know cult and and media from other cultures, we just assume we're reading subtitles. For a lot of people, they don't like to do that, and they're like, Ugh, I have to like work. I have to like look up and down at the same time like oh like they it, it is a barrier a lot of people who i think would really like it they just don't want to read while they watch tv they you know and i i don't I, I don't understand that mindset but at the same time i understand it like they just they would rather not so that is a barrier but i think more specifically to toku itself um prime touched on this but i i tend to be a person that believes that oftentimes something or someone's greatest strength is also their greatest weakness at the same time and the greatest strength of Toku is that there was really nothing else like it in live action. Uh, the downside is it really has no analog that I can compare it to. You know, when somebody asks, what, what is Toku like? You know, why do you like it as opposed to something else? I can't point them to, a, to an equivalent in at least modern American media and say, oh, it's like that. Because it's not. There isn't really an equivalent right now. I oftentimes say it's Batman 66 if it had never stopped and just kept going. Or I was actually telling my wife that this the other day because we were watching. Uh, she likes the show Crazy Ex Girlfriend. It's a show that she really enjoys. It's got a it's lot. It's really of, good. It's a it's a good show, but it's um, it's a show that she's like she was trying to describe how something could be so real and so ridiculous at the same time. And I was like, it's because it commits. It doesn't matter what the idea is. It doesn't matter how ridiculous it is. 
It doesn't matter how emotional it is. It always commits and it doesn't, it's not snarky. It doesn't go like, can you believe this? You know, that kind of way like, oh, I hate I, that. You know, I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I love those oh, films. Oh, I hate that. Like, nothing can't be sincere. Yeah, but you the, know? The, the, the style of comedy in a lot of those films is like someone winks at the camera and goes like, can you guys believe how ridiculous this is? It's kind of, you know, it's very snarky. And I understand. Oh, I hate yeah, this so it's much. It's fine, but it's like, it's, Toku doesn't do that. Toku never, never, Toku will, with a straight face, have a character fighting to avenge his, his dead girlfriend while the character next to him is half lion, half vacuum cleaner. And it will never, it won't, it won't even, it won't even bat an eye. No one in the scene will go like, are you guys seeing this? No, no one ever says that. It just commits to whatever it's doing. So, but the problem is that there's really not a lot of equivalents, certainly not in our superhero media. Like, r- really, there's not a lot. Maybe some comics, like, I, I, I definitely, I haven't read it, but I get a vibe like that from, say, like, Squirrel Girl. I see a lot of people reading that and enjoying that. Maybe that's a, a close equivalent or something, but it, it doesn't, it kind of stands alone in terms of live-action media. Um, so, and the same people that, who might be able to get into it, they don't like it because it's, People who might like live action, they don't want to watch subtitles. The people who watch anime don't want to watch live action. So it's really hard to get people to take that plunge and jump in. But Yeah, and I have this conversation a lot with my friends about, so how is the ridiculous things that I like or that they like any different from the ridiculous thing that you like? Like, So why, for example, are you turning your nose up at this guy who likes this TV show about a guy in a hood who goes out at night and fights people with bows mm-hmm. and arrows you call that ridiculous, but then you're going to go and see your movie about space wizards with their laser swords, and that's not as ridiculous. Right. Like I don't, I don't understand like these these weird lines in the sand that people draw with um, fantasy media. Like I don't, it's 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 very peculiar mm-hmm. to me, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So I've sort of been at this, uh, sort of attempting to evangelize among friends and <laughs> <laughs> friends and well wishers. <laughs> Since about 2007, 2008. And, uh, you know, obviously we're crazy about it because we're here and we're talking about it. We're, what, mm-hmm. 10 episodes Every in. Week. <laughs> uh-huh. Every week. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the this... And it's something that I've kept up with for long enough that I, I kind of know that there are pitfalls here. And I know I have tried and mostly failed at getting people to check this out. Like, uh, and things that I've learned or things that I've felt, you know, either, either because it, it means something to me, you know, it, it means it, this, this ideal or this, this way that things are, stories are told or presented. It, it's very unique and, and very appealing in, in a way that mixes martial arts and practical special effects and doing it all consistently every year. And I feel like the effort of it and and uh, the design work that goes into it is just I'm so fascinated by it, so interested, and so um, I've found that. And a couple of times I've had uh, people, uh, especially when I was getting into Kabuto, somebody really liked the actor, uh, and they really liked the actor, and they actually watched all of Kabuto, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing! What are you going to watch next? And that was it. Like she just really liked the actor, and that's all she wanted, and she wasn't going to watch any other shows, like, even though she got it. She she felt for characters that died or um, that had to go through some stuff. She just, that was it. That was the line of where her interest was. 
and to almost everybody else it kind of stops at power rangers and i would drag folks along when decade was starting up because i'm like hey this is really cool you might find something you like and for the most part not really like in most maybe somebody was like die rangers cool i'll watch some of that and the only person i've sort of succeeded in in uh, taking along with my journey is my wife uh who i'm so so grateful will will sit down and watch this stuff with me on the regular <laughs> and um and it's only this past year that um, I've really connected to folks on Toku Twitter. And you, Grant, I'm super grateful for you sort of helping foster this environment for discussion and discourse and, and just oh, appreciation for this stuff. It's just... <laughs> so what I've tried to learn, and this is... I've, I've, I've went with a long like preface for this, but basically, to as passionate as you are about this, to not take it too seriously... And recognize that it won't always click with people. And especially, you know, things that you accept, like going into this, like you'll accept that the uh, half stag monster can duplicate itself as its power set, even though nothing in its design says that it will. Um, (laughs) And we're going to have a mandatory robot fight every episode because that's sort of you've gotten used to these things. And that's sort of how it works, but is appealing about it. And that some people just aren't going to accept or really like those things. Mm-hmm. And um, you can, tr- you, I mean, try, try all you like, and maybe you'll find people out there that'll do it. But I think accepting that, even though you think somebody might like it, that it's okay if they don't. And you, maybe you'll find people eventually that you'll connect with for it. Yeah. And that's, that's the kind of the brick wall. I, I, you know, I feel your pain there, man. Like it's cause when you're passionate about something, like you want to share your joy with mm-hmm. other people. And like I said, that stigma that, you know, was attached to Toku and like, and I don't, and like I said, I don't, again, I don't want to blame Power Rangers because it's done a lot for exposing Toku to people who might not have even, you know, heard of it and, um, who might not have even a chance, like for, it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword, like for, it exposed a lot of people to it, but then now it carries that stigmatism of, you know, a lot of the earlier mm-hmm. season that Power Rangers, that's what people think Toku is. And it's, it's well, it's well far beyond that. And so I understand that and like, you want to. You want to share with people. You want them to, you want you, because something brings you so much joy, you want them to feel that same joy that you feel when you're experiencing mm-hmm. something. But a lot of times, like, you know, a lot of people aren't going to, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to say that's a losing battle, but you know, you just got to, you know, sometimes hedge your bets, man. I mean, I know it sucks because I would love to talk about Toku to every and anybody. Like I will talk with you to every day <laughs> about why Bandora is one of the greatest villains in fiction <laughs> ever. Bar none, full stop, period. Bandora is amazing. <laughs> But that's, you know, not for everybody. Like, just like not everybody's going to want to play video games. Not everyone's not going to run to read comic mm. books. Not everyone's going to, you know, watch movies that were made before the year they were born. Uh, but my thing is, and the thing that, you know, uh, crisp my biscuits <laughs> are the people that are douchebags about it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's it's one thing to go like, hey, it's cool that you like that. But, you know, it's not for me. And that's one thing. That's fine. That's understandable. But to go, hey, that thing you like is stupid because you like it or it's stupid because I think it's stupid. and You're not giving me anything other than, you know, preconceived and ill-informed notions. That's when um, the Papa Bear claws me. <laughs> that's when I that's when I get angry. That's when I want to um, want to start giving the uh, five fingers to the faces. But um, that said, just again, I'm, I'm a person, like I said earlier in the podcast, like I'll, I'll try anything twice just to make sure I don't like it. Mm. And we know with certain things like you just just have open minds y'all um it's, it 
an open mind is free. And the only thing it's not gonna take anything from you. If anything, it's probably gonna give you more than it'll ever take from you. Um the only thing that the only thing that it costs you to experience something is time. I know people like to joke and say like time, you know, I, I can't get my time back and like you it's it's not that big of a deal. Like this there's plenty of time to experience and watch all types of shows. The only problem that I run into is I don't have to, enough time to experience everything that I want to experience. And that's, that's because I'm greedy. I want to experience as much as I can. Um, that's, but anyway, I'm, I'm rambling. I'm sorry. I apologize. How dare you talk on this audio podcast thing, you monster. <laughs> How dare I experience thoughts and string words into sentences? You think I brought you on here to talk. Somewhat coherent thoughts, <laughs> maybe 50% coherent thoughts because I do ramble. <laughs> Uh, but that said, like, um, just, and I, and like, I went to, cause I'm, I'm thinking about my own personal experience of like, just trying things. Cause I've had people, some people who, who would like, you know, just fight me and like, I, I mean like literally like they were at me, like they don't want to watch anything. Like if it's live action in them karate book man suits, I ain't watching it. Um, but because I know certain people and I know their tailor and their taste, I would go, I would go, Hey, you like, you know, detective Conan, right? Hey, why don't you watch this show? Camera double or, um, you like um, Jackie Chan movies. Hey, why don't you watch this uh, show, uh, Geeky Ranger, Die Ranger? Or hey, you like um, Godzilla. Let me introduce you to this show called uh, Ultraman. You know, so like, and that's, and that's the thing. That's, that's when you have to know if you really know the people in your circle, how well do you know mm-hmm. them? Because I've, I've had some success with doing that. Like, I would recommend them shows that, that are kind of, sort of similar to the things they already like. Like, um, so maybe you can try that. I'm sorry, I'm still rambling. What, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I completely just went off. So that, oh, oh, sorry. The the roadblocks you run into when introducing people in the Toku. So yeah, so it's just like that that stigmatism about it, you know, being the a child care thing. And I've run into the thing about trying to make sure when I recommend something to someone that it has a, it's already terrible to something that they may already already like. Like I had a friend for years. Like he's a huge Power Ranger fan. But like for years, he would like he wouldn't watch any other toku because he's like he didn't want to watch anything that's Japanese. I don't know why specifically Japanese. I don't know why he's singing that out. I'm not gonna ask any questions. I'm not gonna look too deep into that because I might not like the answers uh, I get. Uh. But um, <laughs> so I would try to recommend like, why don't you watch this Super Sentai? You know, why don't you see? They like, no, no, I just want to. I'm not really interested. So I said, okay, cool. So one day I caught him off guard and said, hey, man, why don't you watch this show, um, Kamen Rider Deno? Because like, cause I know his style of humor and I know the type of anime that he likes. Uh, he watched that uh, one episode of Deno. He disappeared for like two weeks and came back to me when he somehow knew more about Deno than I did. Yeah. So there are some success stories. Yeah, there are some success stories. Yeah. It's just like, know who, you, know who you're pitching to. I think that's, that, that's my too long didn't read. And mm. I'll stop there. Know, know who mm. you're pitching to. Definitely. Well, guys... Um... I think uh, I think we pretty much covered it. Uh, Prime, thanks so much for being on, man. It was really great to have you back uh, on another show of mine. And uh, let the people know where they can find you. Oh well, they can find me on Twitter at uh, Prime Gundam. Um, that's where I usually spew my thoughts. Um, I'm always and I'm I'm not a mean guy. Like for some reason, I have this this thing where people think I'm really mean and unapproachable. I am the nicest guy. At least I think I'm the nicest guy. If I was mean, you guys would tell me, right? Yes, sir. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, of course, sir. Yes. Yeah. Right. Am yeah. I mean? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah. You're a great dude, man. <laughs> I don't think I'm mean. I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be a, a butthole sometimes when I'm mad or get passionate about something. But anyway, I'm on Twitter and I'm also on Tumblr uh, there as well. Um, if you want to email me and show hashtag show prime your gumbler because I like the plastic robots, uh, please feel free to do so. 
I'm also on a frequent contributor on the Three Black Geeks podcast. I pop up on random episodes. And I'm also the co-host of our their um, monthly toku show on their network, the Three Black Geeks network, called the Morphin Metacast. Um, and this next Morphin Metacast, we're going to be doing the Tattooed Teenage Alien Fighters from Beverly oh, Hills. Man. <laughs> and uh, let me tell you, as I'm writing my show notes, it's going to be a classic. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be a good episode if I if I do say so myself. Uh, and also, yeah. And also of note, um. BT, BT dubs, I'm not one of the three black geeks. Like, people tweet at me and ask me questions about, like, what is this going on in the future? Or when are you and uh, the other two guys going to work on? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm I'm just a guest star. <laughs> I'm not fourth, one of the main guys. The secret fourth one. If anything, I'm the extra ranger. I'm like the um, Commander Zhang from Q Ranger. Or um, I'm just an extra guy. I'm, But yeah, so I frequently contribute on them. So... Please hit us up and give those guys a follow. They're good dudes. Anybody who gives me a platform <laughs> to spew my ignorance, they're automatically good guys. So, Grant, good dude. Yeah. So, give them a follow. Give them a like. And uh, please be sure to follow along for the next episode of Morphin Metacast because I promise you it's going to be a absolute blast. I'd be lying if I didn't say one of the reasons that I'm trying or like if i did not say that uh, one of the reasons i'm trying to catch up on all the power ranger seasons is so that i can go back and listen to all the more metacast episodes of three black geeks because um my up until very recently i had not seen all of them but i was like oh they're doing all of them i gotta i gotta go watch <laughs> yeah i can't believe how fast we caught up to the show mm. um i can't believe how yeah i can't believe how fast we caught up um we're already we just did um super yeah, super mega force so yeah we are almost to the current saban era it's crazy Man, where does the time go? <laughs> well, Prime, thanks so much for being on. Pat, thanks for wow. thanks for always being the second ranger. You Tomorrow got it. Also, second ranger. I don't really know if we have a lead ranger here, but uh, this the the other the other half the other two reds. <laughs> we are two. We are two reds, and I I am being coded as much older than you, but I'm really not that much. Not really. No, no. People at home can tell. But uh, thanks for another great show. Thanks for tuning in to the Super Senpai Podcast. We'll notice you again next time. Super, Super Senpai, Senpai Podcast! Podcast.